0: this is Terry Francona, and you're listening to Kenny and JT on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Tito.
1: Thanks, Tito. We appreciate that very much. The TV play-by-play voice of the Guardians and our fraternity brother, ATO fraternity brother, Matt Underwood, joining us on the Kenny and JT Show. How are you, dog? Happy holidays, gentlemen. Same to you. Yeah, thanks for making time for us, man. Busy offseason. season. For the um whoa, whoa, whoa. the Guardians. Hold what? on a second. What? Hold on. Oh, geez. Go ahead. Matt, I'm
2: taking a survey before we go any further. We love talking oh. baseball, especially December sixteenth. But my question is this, and we know you know your sports history. Who is the better movie quarterback, Burt Reynolds, the original Paul Crew in the longest yard, or Kurt Russell, Reno Hightower, the best of times, a movie with Robin Williams?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Burt Reynolds. Oh man. See, I told you. Jeez. Yeah. The original Paul, Paul Crew. Crew. I mean, Come that's, on. that's, uh, yeah, he was pretty badass in that movie. Uh, that was, I mean, that's one of the great sports movies of all time. Very, I think underappreciated, but, uh. Yeah, I love the Mean Machine. When they break out those uniforms, oh, look, it's, it's on, baby. Let's go. And,
1: and, and, hey, how about when the guards are dressed up as cheerleaders or the uh, inmates are dressed up as cheerleaders cheering on the Mean Machine? Classic movie, man. So, yes, I'm I'm in agreement with you, dog. So thanks for uh, – mark that down if you're keeping tallies all there, right. JT. All, all right? right, so that's our, our first guest. Matt uh, Underwood. Yeah. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. All right, dog, let's talk about what the Guardians have done this offseason. Uh, they had holes at first base and catcher in the uh, when you look back at the season, and they didn't wait too long to try and fill those holes, signing Josh Bell. Uh, they supposedly were in the talks for uh, the Murphy kid from the A's, but he goes to the Braves, so then they go out and get Zanino. Your thoughts on what they've done so far?
0: Well, it's it's exciting to see them kind of go out and address uh, their, their true needs uh, of the ball club, and at least early, uh, you know, get them taken care of. You know, this isn't something that's going to drag on through the winter in the early part of spring training. That doesn't mean that they're done, that there, there could be other moves to be made, but I think first and foremost, the one thing that was clearly lacking in the lineup last, last year was A, production for Jose, uh, protection for Jose Ramirez, and B, you know, legitimate power that opposing pitchers had to fear that they had to think about. So Josh Bell fills that void for them. He he'll he can sit in the middle of the lineup right behind Jose Ramirez, uh, switch hitter with power, he can juice the ball and you know, he'll give teams second thoughts because remember, Jose didn't get intentionally walked until I want to say it was the end of May, the first first part of June. And then they and just intentionally walked him. It seemed, seemed like it almost on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, it'll give him, give him protection. They'll have to pitch to Jose some more, and uh, that's first. Secondly, you know, I don't know that he steps right in and occupies first base. He's a guy that, you know, defensively, you know, he's been average to maybe a little bit below average over the course of his career. Uh, I think he can play first base, but I think it, it gives Tito more of a, a DH option, um, and I I know that look he's going to look to try to get as many people in that lineup on a regular basis as possible, like he did last year. That means Josh Naylor will play some first, but I think you know if, if Josh, you know a, a year removed from the the ankle surgery, a little you know more uh, time away from that, I think you could see him maybe get some reps in the outfield here and there. It's going to be a crowded situation though, because they had so many good young players last year. That'll be interesting to see. You know how the outfield playing time situation gets gets sorted out, uh, but the catching position was big, too. you know, Hedgie, Austin Hedges uh, did a terrific job. Luke Maley was outstanding as his backup. Uh, both of those guys, um, I think at the end of the year, most people figured, well they're probably going to be gone, moving on. And so Mike Zanino's the guy is a short, short gap type player to give you some time to continue to develop Bo Naylor because he's obviously the catcher of the future right now for the organization. But Zanino's the guy who has a track record of hitting for power, a track record of being a good defensive catcher. A couple of years ago, he was the Wilson defensive player of the year behind the plate. So yeah, it's, it's exciting to know you've got two holes plugged with veteran players who are good guys in the clubhouse that they should be able to fit right in. And, uh, and this this ball club is, you know, look, the window is wide open right now. Given the state of the division currently, uh, they've got an opportunity now to, to get themselves back to postseason play if they can keep everybody healthy and productive.
2: Matt, was this a name that was on anyone else's radar other than maybe Antonetti? Because we talked to Andre, and, you know, last year, maybe even up until the trade deadline, we thought, hey, we'd like to make a move for a catcher that can hit. And we were, like Kenny said, thinking Sean Murphy and Sean Murphy only, because we thought, okay, the A's are going to have a fire sale. This is a guy you can circle, and we are all looking at that name. Should we have looked at this name when he became open as a free agent?
0: Well, I just think, look, to, to me, I mean, Sean Murphy, yeah, sure. Uh, I would have loved to have had him as well uh, in that position, but this to me is is kind of, I think, it's going to be one of those, uh, you know, over the course of the, the, my Mike Twenty plus years of calling games. A lot of times, you go back and say, "Man, the trades you don't make sometimes prove out, true to be some of the best trades." Right. Because at the time, you thought, "Oh man, we were so close, but we couldn't swing the deal." And then, you know, looking back on it, like, "Man, thank goodness we didn't," because either that guy didn't pan out, or somebody else stepped forward in, in your organization. But you know, Mike Zanino, he he's going to be here short term. They love Bo Naylor. They think he's the long term guy. Um, and you didn't have to give up any players. You, you still have all your trade assets. Uh, if, if Chris Antonetti chooses to make another move and, and look, it was going to, the price was going to be steep for Sean Murphy. I mean, from based on what I heard, it was going to cost you, you know, multiple players and, you know, in the, in your, in your farm system, a couple like Daniel Espino was his name was the first one you heard was Daniel Espino. It's like, my goodness, they're going after your number one trade uh, commodity and, and starting pitching. So, I think the fact they didn't have to part with any of those chips definitely is a benefit.
1: Matt Underwood, our guest, talking Guardians baseball. Of course, you see Matt as the play-by-play voice on Bally Sports Cleveland and the Guardians uh, last year making the playoffs, adding some key role well, I shouldn't say role players, so, uh, filling some key spots in the lineup at, at first base slash DH with Josh Bell as well as uh, Zanino behind the plate. I, I remember Josh Bell when he came up with the Buckos, uh, Matt, right? Uh, and of course, you knew he wasn't going to stay there uh, because he was too good. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he goes on and puts up some big numbers, uh, you know, when he leaves there, Washington, but then really struggled in San Diego the second half of the season. What do you make of that? And is that any concern or no uh, for? Forget about that because uh, it was a trade, and now
0: he's starting fresh from spring training on with one team. Yeah, I I don't know how much, you know, without going back and and looking at every at-bat and, you know, maybe talking to people who were with San Diego to see, you know, maybe they saw some things that were going on. Who knows? But, you know, that San Diego, don't you wonder, is there something in the water out there because (laughs) – you know this team's been touted for the last several years as being they're going to make the run, they're going to be the team, they're going to knock off the Dodgers. A, they can't beat the Dodgers, and B, when we played them last year, they looked about as interested in playing those two games against Cleveland as uh, you and I uh, do when we somebody says, "Hey, why don't you go for a swim in Lake Erie right today?" <laughs> so uh, they just—I don't know. Uh, so I wouldn't put too much stock into it, but I will okay. say this. And this is, you know, just something I gleaned from my own conversations with people who uh, <clears throat> that I know in the Pirates organization. So they watched Josh Bell uh, come up and make the impact that he had. He's uh, his style is a little unorthodox. In other words, at the plate, he's not going to make you forget about Michael Brantley. You know, he's not Doctor Smooth with the with the you know the simple toe tap and boom accelerate through the ball. He he's a big guy, obviously generates a lot of power. But within that swing, it just, it doesn't look like a lot of other people. And so my guess is, and again, this is just me, he could possibly get into some, some bad habits. He could get into a funk. And if he doesn't have somebody that really knows his swing and has been with him for a while, it may take a while to get back on track. So maybe that happened last year. Who knows? It could have been something completely unrelated, but I know. I know our guys uh, will work hard with him. Christopher Lake is one of the best in the game uh, at, at a young age. I mean, last year he made such a huge, and you guys saw a huge positive impact on the hitters. So he'll get to work with Josh Bell, and the biggest thing he does is he's a great communicator. And so that's the number one asset I think of any hitting coach is being able to communicate, take that feedback from the hitter, and be able to incorporate adjustments uh, as needed. But he's exciting. Uh, he's exciting because he's 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 got energy. Um, He's. I think he has a chance to be maybe a bit of a leader, even though he'll be a new guy. But you know he's got some experience, and this is a team that doesn't have a ton of veterans on it. So right. I really like uh, uh, the opportunity he has. Look, we all wanted Mill Reyes to succeed. Uh, he was a big guy, bubbly, loved his personality. But you know, last year he just that personality went south, and he just wasn't the same guy. I don't know what happened to him, but um, I you know it's too bad. But this guy, this guy has the track record. You know what he can do, and uh, and I think it's I think it's a really positive move for the ball club. I really do. Matt, when we think
2: about these moves, and we don't even know if they're done yet, it makes you think of one or two things. Were they ahead of schedule last year? I think everybody would say yes. Oh yeah, sure. but we know that they didn't spend any money going into last season. They're starting to spend some money now, and we want to stay at the top. And a lot of people think we can win the division again. But I want to ask you this because. When they're when they're spending money like this, and we know main, maybe maybe main, some of the money came from being able to sell out some postseason games, but have we heard anything about this, David Blitzer? Do you think there's any money or any capital being moved in from the fact that we hear there's a minority owner, but we truly don't know?
0: Turk, the short answer is I don't know. Okay. Um, you know, we look. They don't. They don't operate so we can see exactly what's going on, right? No, no team in baseball does. Um, right. We know that he's he's in this for the long term. Uh, that's been widely reported that, you know, he's not just in here because uh, he wanted to show off to his friends, hey, look, I, I own part of the baseball team. Okay. Um, having said that, I don't know to what extent uh, his investment has given the ball club any extra wiggle room. Um, I, I don't know that. I just know that. You know, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, they get a budget every year. Um, they may they may be able to operate within that. They may have to go to ownership and say, "Hey, can we can we bump this up? You know, we have a chance to add a player." And and I think there have been a lot of times where ownership has come back and said, "You know, Paul Dolan has said, go ahead." And there are other times where, "Hey, we just can't do it. We can't do it this year. We don't have the the means to do it right now." So I think there's a lot of good communication. I think that our guys do a tremendous job of, you know, fitting the pieces into the puzzle with what they have to work with. But I I wouldn't, Turk, the the short answer also is I I wouldn't sit there and say, well, we got a new guy with money, so that means they're going to be able to just spend like drunken sailors that the weekend fast. It's not going to happen. Well, the
2: reason, Matt, is it's kind of a head-scratcher. We go from we're losing tens of millions of dollars a year to... We win a division, and now we're going to spend a little bit more. I mean, they're not spending Yankee money or Dodger money, but you know when you're talking about maybe a payroll of upwards around 90, 95 million a year, it's quite an incredible or it,
0: it's a bigger difference than what was it. 62 million? Well, the biggest thing to me is uh, OK a, and this I, this, is, no, this isn't news, you know this, but Jose Ramirez last year, when he took that deal and said, "I want to stay here, I want to you know this, this is where I want to play my whole career." That sent a message to a lot of the players in that clubhouse that, hey, if Jose likes it here, if he's willing to not go for the, the top banana dollar and he wants to stay here, then maybe there is something to it. And so that's a good influence to have in that clubhouse. And, and we know what he means inside those walls uh, on a daily basis. So I think that that's the first big piece that, that fell into place. And so now Chris Antonetti and Mike Turnoff, they have, you know, what you call, um, you know, they, they have payroll stability. They know what the payroll is going to be for the next several years because you have so many young players who are locked into either contracts or they're in the first few years of service time. So they, they can plan. They know, hey, here's our payroll. Here's how much, you know, if we want to add a piece, this is how much we have to work with. So I think that's that's the beauty of the current window that they're in right now.
1: All right, last thing, dog. before we let you go here, Um if there would be another move made by the Guardians, what do you think they're looking at right now?
0: I think uh, I don't think there's any question that they're they're always uh, on the lookout for for pitching help, and uh, you know I think the bullpen, as good as it was last year, you know I think you can always add a veteran arm to the mix or two. You know it doesn't help to have uh, hurt to have competition going into spring training, so yeah. I think they'll scour the market to see. Uh, You know, who might be available to come in. And there could be guys, look, every year there are guys that come to camp that we don't even talk about, right? They barely get mentioned maybe during our spring training telecast, but there are guys that come in on what they call uh, an invitation to big league camp, but it's a minor league deal. And if they make the club, then they're on the big league ball club. So there's a lot of those deals. And you might get guys who they're just caught in between. You know, maybe they've had a few years under their belt, but last year didn't play well. They come to camp, you know, maybe you get them turned around. Um, so <clears throat> I think they'll have some guys that they'll bring in that will be off the radar that you're not thinking about that that could surprise. But I, I think in that pitching realm, that's probably where they're going to look. Because, Kenny, the, the only other option is you're talking about something major because in order to fit somebody else right now, if you really think about it, that means you're going to have to move, and you're going to have to move multiple pieces to make something work. So I'm just sitting there today as we sit here today. The everyday lineup, the defensive players, the way it sets up, you're kind of set. So, you know, unless you're talking about a veteran bench piece or some pitching depth and, 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 you know, arms maybe to compete for bullpen spots, I think that's probably where you're looking. Dog, we always appreciate the
1: time. Thanks for joining us here on the Kenny and JT Show. Uh, Happy holidays to you, Shelly, and the family, and we'll talk again as we get closer to spring training, all right?
0: All right, Kenny, JT, Merry Christmas to you and yours and to all your listeners out there as well. Thank you.